two, one. Got with me here, William V. Massey from OSU. How goes it? Good. Um, everybody missed the best part of the show. Yeah. Right before you turn the cameras us on. Us debating <laughs> if, uh, if microphones could give a person COVID. Yeah. Which is spooky. I don't know what I just spray it with Lysol or something. I'm sure there's something you could spray it with. Maybe. After, like, multiple shows, it just gets bleached, like, a slightly white tint well, to there's it. There's, like, the... Have you seen the... Um, like a UV light? There's no, like, Ghostbuster backpack chemical sprayer that you just spray on stuff and it like a go so it's a whole backpack with like a hydraulic uh spray to it yeah never <laughs> spray down one of those. just spray down the mics yeah in between guests spray down every you know i might start doing that more and more because i guess oregon's have pretty much the worst it's been this whole uh, pandemic it's bad it? bad like, out there like no icu beds it's rough so like don't get in a car crash yeah i know well it takes a lot for me to drive i drove once yesterday is for a fun prop because um, Kenzie and I are learning like, butterfly knives and stuff. And some, have you ever ordered anything off Wish? No. So it takes like a month or two to get here. And it's like kind of a, like a cheap knockoff okay. from like T. Uh, I saw it on your Instagram stories. Yes. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, like that's pretty much the only time I've driven in the past like month is to like something came to my old house before I moved. And I was okay. like, oh, I got to go get it. See a bad driver. <laughs> He's a little little speedy. Kenzie says no. She doesn't like being in the car. a lot better, I gotta say. From when I first met him, yeah, he's a lot better. Okay. She doesn't like being in the car with me. I'll say that much. I drive right. everywhere. Nor does the next door Is neighbor. he hard on the brakes? Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> That's it. Exactly That's exactly what it is. It. We've never yeah. driven together, have we? No. But you can just tell <laughs> by the way I am. How is that? It's, it's my psychology training. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what would lead someone to be quick on the brakes? Just the way they live their life? It time? was her face. Oh. <laughs> what it was what's funny is I actually got one of those like progressive things that checks how quick you stop in the car it goes okay. if you stop too quick it's every time yeah and like kenzie's like kenzie's literally like when she drives now she's like i'm coasting right now now i'm on the brake he's either gas <laughs> he's on or gas or yeah. brake all gas so, like kenzie said he drives fast but her face said but that's not the issue yeah, that's yeah. Not so. the issue. it's the, it's all gas all brake there's all no break. coast but there's because, okay. I mean, like, psychologically, I want to get up, you know that thing that reads your cars there at the stoplight before it turns green? Yeah. I want to get there as quick as I can so it knows I'm there so it can turn it green. I have rationale behind the way I yeah, drive. Yeah, but if you, like, if you smoothed into it, you could smooth out of it, and you actually get to where you're going faster. I agree to the point where I swear it's, like, the universe f messes with me in the way that the second my car comes to a complete stop, it turns green. Every time, it's like, I'm slow, 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 slow. It sounds like you're not halt. slow, slow, yeah. slow, slow. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a little, it's a little speedy in there, but then I, like, let off. I try to coast those last, like, five feet. Yeah. But, yeah, no. Uh, but part of it's a good thing because people expect me to drive less, and people want me to drive less. By being a bad driver inherently puts me in the position where I have to drive less often. Yeah. So it makes sense. It comes around in my favor if you really think about it. Yeah. I was on a trip last week, two weeks ago. And uh, we flew into Kansas City, rented a car, had to drive a couple hours. And the buddy I was with, um, I was like, I can drive for a little bit. We had stopped to get food. Mm -hmm. He was like, I'm not interested in watching you try to eat a salad while you drive 90 down the freeway. So I'm driving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people are eating and, and, and doing all these different things. But really, I mean, did you want to drive? Um, for a little bit. For a little bit. Not the whole way. Yeah, I'd want to drive if it was a Tesla. Kenzie and I rode in at one for the first time ever, maybe about a month ago. And ever since then, we've been obsessed. We're like, oh, we'd enjoy driving if that was the case. Because it was one of like, the plaid, so it was like 0 to 60 faster than like, a drag car. Okay. And the person driving it was 
I'm like a like kind of a professional driver. So on like city streets, like one block with cars on both sides, he'd floor it and go zero to 60 in the 1.9 seconds. And then he'd break immediately. It was like, we, we all came out kind of whiplash. Seems pretty safe. He was, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, man, because it's the drag 10% of the time that the wheel is going, it slips against the ground. So it's kind of like I'm driving on ice. So you'd see the wheel and it's like this. <laughs> and Kenzie and I are in there like, well, we signed up for this. Yeah. But yeah, so but those cars, I would have fun driving because you're on the free, you know, it'd be a blast more than anything. But yeah, what's what's been <laughs> up in your life to, to break into it? Um, nothing really. Nothing. S- slow summer. Yeah, I mean, you you just mostly doing baseball or studying still, or what's up? Baseball's over. We finished. Um, so that'll be a nice break. Nice. I was on leave from work. Why? Because I, have neurological issues. Yeah. Like just crazy stuff happening in my brain no so, idea what it is or is it something you can't talk about um no like we have not had an idea for a while um basically when it happened um like nerve b- pain shooting burning all across my body so much head pressure that like i literally was falling over and blacking out Jeez. um and so like like literally in bed for six weeks probably not knowing is almost worse than having some sort of answer yeah there's like one or two things that would have been worse than not knowing um but i saw a specialist the other day and he thinks that um my glymph node system so kind of like your brain's comparison to the lymph node system Mm -hmm. is not draining properly so like huge buildup of fluids and proteins in the brain that are like waste, brain waste that is supposed to get flushed every night that is not getting flushed and it's like effectively squeezing yeah. my brain. And there's a solution or is he's like, yeah, we just figured out the problem. Um, he <laughs> thinks he can, he thinks he can work on it and get it kind of activated again. The, the body and the brain's natural way to do it is in deep REM sleep. Um, I have untreated sleep apnea, so. Do you use a mask or anything, or you like untreated sleep, a sleep apnea? <laughs> so you don't treat it, really. So, so treating don't... sleep apnea is on my to-do list. That's funny. Literally, maybe I put it somewhere else. Yeah, right here. I have an aura ring that actually like tracks my sleep when I'm sleeping. It says like deep or REM sleep and like how much time, so I can't lie to myself and be like, I got eight hours and I got six, and I'm like, and then I'm grumpy to people in my life. I'm like, I can look at it and be like, I might be a little like not myself today. Um, so your aura ring would probably come up with like waking up every like 30 minutes or something? Um, probably. So I did when I was 24, so when I was diagnosed with sleep apnea, and I did a couple of sleep studies. And in like, four, like a four-hour sleep study, I think I woke up like 98 times. Um, so I get really good sleep. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> Plenty of time for your glymph nodes to drain. Plenty of time. That's crazy. Um, the scary part is that I started doing some research on it and just, you know, just reading a couple of papers. and um, Always a soothing thing to do before bed. Yeah. Like protein built up in the brain as a function of like a dysfunctional glymph node system is like a precursor to every neurodegenerative disease. Um, dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ALS, like, yeah, like that's where the shit kind of seems to hit the fan. Yeah. So, hopefully. So you have until then to get it figured we out. We can get something figured out. <laughs> we have actually two people in our lives who had similar in terms of they just 
everything was going wrong. One of them had ALS symptoms, and they like neither of them had any idea what they're doing. They didn't hang out. They didn't go hiking together or anything. But they both, within a week of each other, got diagnosed with Lyme disease. Hmm. So it's like, but like in that whole time, knowing them, and they're just like, what's wrong? It's like this weird, fascinating thing about the medical industry that a lot of times they don't know what's wrong with people. We had another friend who was in the ER for two days. And it's like his gallbladder, the tube, the duct was like enlarged, but there's no gallbladder stones. Okay. And like pretty much he left the emergency room after two days and they're like, yeah, we don't know what it is. After giving it, like telling him you have hep C, you have this, you have this, you have this. Then they're like, no, we don't know what you have. And I'm like, what does the medical industry do at that point? Um, a lot of them just wait and see. Wait and see. You give people a best kind of bet. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, the body's because, like, a crazy t- thing. Yeah, TV shows make you think like, oh, they got it figured out. I'm gonna go in there, <laughs> Doctor House, will figure it out. Yeah, they're gonna like make it like a detective TV show. They're gonna figure out what's wrong. They're like, are you faking it? Yeah. Are you sure? Is it anxiety? <laughs> Is it anxiety? <laughs> are you stressed about something? They're not like, oh, let's run every test known to me. They're like, does your insurance cover you to get healed? Yeah. Do you have now enough that, money to be not sick? The neurologist that I saw was like, normally. People come in with this type of stuff. My first sense is that it's just anxiety. He's like, but yours doesn't present that way. It's like, I wish it was. Like, You're a pretty chill guy. We could do something about that. Mm-hmm. Like, At least I would know I'm not dying. Yeah. Right? Like, just an anxious ball. I could just say, like, this is a panic attack. Do you think this has raised your anxiety? It seems like this would be probably the thing that stems the most anxiety in life for you. Um, It has. Yeah. It compounds on it. Then you go in, he's like, now you're second or third appointment. Now it is anxiety, actually. <laughs> no, when like my, I've noticed, so I get these like weird feelings in my brain just kind of, it's hard to describe. So like your brain doesn't have feeling, right? It doesn't have like receptors Nerve to enters, feel. Like no receptors. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels like my brain has turned into jello and it's like moving around, right? And I know like that's not like true because my brain can't actually feel anything. Yeah. So when that happens, the heart rate spikes. I bet. Bah, you know? Yeah. The fight or flight mechanism is that, activated. That would make me very uneasy. I mean, just because things like THC are legal here and I'm a degenerate personally. Sometimes if I ever like take an edible like that I can buy legally at a store, and nothing's wrong. Like, I don't feel like my brain go to jello, but I just start, like, getting an anxiety attack. I'm like, what's going on in my life? I couldn't imagine having a sensation to back up that feeling of anxiety. I'd be like, "Yeah, oh, man, you know. But anyways, yeah. before the leave and or when the leave ends, what's your plan? Like, what were you working on? And are you going to pick that up? Do I assume COVID probably paused you. COVID. Yeah. Ruined everything. <laughs> it did. Did it? Like, like, we have to start over. So when COVID happened... We had started a new project where we were basically doing, like, participatory research in schools. We would go in. We'd collect a big baseline. um, We'd use all of the data we collected to create a plan for schools to improve, like, their policies, procedures, and practices around recess and movement in the school day. Um, I had – so when COVID hit, we were in – I think we were in four schools and we had like three more that we were starting. Mm-hmm. I had a full-time paid like faculty research assistant, like not a student, just like a full-time employee, um, like six grad students and like 10 undergrad students. Wow. And now like it's all gone. <laughs> like, and none of the data we had collected up until that point can be used That's because- rough. Um, we had baseline data and then we had like 
intervention, but we mm-hmm. never had any follow-up. So, like, do you need to reapply for the grant to be, like, like, or are you just going to try to scrounge what's left to make it work on a smaller <sighs> budget? That's so, literally a headache. Yeah, like, we spent basically everything we had money-wise to get that project up and running with the idea that, like, once we had some preliminary results, we could use that to get more grants. Yeah. That's killer. <laughs> the unknown side effects of COVID, they're ruining your kids' recess, too. The researchers are out here to give kids more research time and better quality uh, recess time. Yeah. That so, got canceled. So we have, and the hard part is, like, you know, we had a couple of little grants, a couple of big pots of money, but, like, we still owe reports back to the funders mm-hmm. that, you know, the we never do. Spent so we're, yeah, <laughs> most of it. So we're going to, um, we're scaling way down this year. We're partnering with one small school district. Um, and we're going to try to to just kind of get through the year, get a pilot done. Because it could go tits up again. It could. Literally, if, I mean, if Delta, Lambda, or whatever comes back through. I don't think it's going to. Nice. I don't, well, I, I mean, I think Delta is going to come through and it's going to be bad. Oh, I figure it's, we're already halfway through it. I mean, if you look at some other countries, like Delta lasted one month. And almost completely unvalued. Like India has 10% or 9.5% vaccination rate. And literally you see the Delta spike higher than the initial COVID spike. Yeah. One month start to end and they're back down to the levels they were before Delta. Right. So I'm like, in the reality, I'm like, yeah, I but like the, the start of school is going to, it's going to spread it out. Yeah. Right. Good point. And then, but, but I don't think schools are going to shut down again. Let's hope not. I mean, to some extent, that's what Kenzie and I keep saying. We're like, we're really putting all the youth at jeopardy to save, like, some people who are, like, very elderly. It's like, like, the two opposite sides of the, the age spectrum are at different risk factors for it. It's like a four-year-old is more at risk from not seeing, like, just not being around friends and not seeing, like, getting yeah. taught right with someone without a mask. It's like, they're going to socially be We really are underestimating. Stuck. The, 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 the devastating impact. effects. Devastating, yeah. On a generation of kids. Yeah. Especially, was it you on a walk along? So for people listening, you came on my show. You're like one of the first episodes back when it was Tiger Talks. Okay. And what I, is it now? It's Talks with Tiger. I got, I got more funding. <laughs> you got creative. Yeah, I got creative. No, someone funded the show. I went down to LA. I got a lot of good stuff. I came back. That. Yeah. And then, then I got the cameras and then I stopped with the video. You were back when I actually had cameras. I went up to OSU. Yeah, we were um, in the library. Yeah. And then uh, I got rid of those cameras because they overheated like the, the hammer literally but like i had to add like a special app to it that would ignore the heat temperature of it okay. and have it constantly plugged in and then by the time the camera was done it was like not melting the lens but it was not doing well so i like sold those cameras no video and then i got camcorders which are way more you know they're good okay. to run for an hour so but yes but anyway we've known each other for a while and on a walk you said something about like kids who are like at a certain young age they almost get nothing from online learning is that still true or um, my kids had nothing from online learning. Yeah, I bet. Probably regardless of the age. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's – I, I couldn't give you, like, the specific age, but there's enough research to show that, like, early exposure to media, like, for kids is not good, right? And and I know there's there's some stuff out there that basically – like, if you're teaching a kindergartner, right? So, like, like if they're watching Sesame Street, yeah. you will. That's like, considered media that's not good for them? Well, it's, it's media, right? I'm not knocking Sesame Street. This show is marketed specifically to kindergarten <laughs> kids. <laughs> I'm trying to get media in front of them. So, but it, but a kid would have to, like, hear something, see something, like, ten times on a screen mm-hmm. to grasp what they, could, what, what they could get from one time from a human interaction. Wow. 
Uh-huh. That's why kids' shows are so repetitive, probably. They need to be. <laughs> Interesting. Ten times compared to one in-person, like, person one-on-one time. I just finished this book, uh, The Celeste Time Prophecy. Have you read it? Mm-mm. It ends with all about, like, how just pretty much kids do best with one-on-one. It was a fiction book, but it was all okay. about, like, the people you meet. Like, there's an energy transaction most, like, conversations and meeting people, like, synchronicities and stuff. Um, and you've read a lot of books. You'd read The Body Keeps Score, which Kenzie's reading. So I'm like, maybe you're just a really well-read person with, like, a lot of... Uh, I was looking like for that. good books. The problem that I have come across in the last couple of years is, like, it's hard for a book to hold my attention all the way through. I agree. So I read, like, the first half of a lot of books. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, I kind of I have a good idea how this one's going to go. Yeah. Fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Yeah. Fiction books hadn't grabbed me in a long time. Celestine so Prophecy was the first one. And it was so nonfiction. Like, the book delved into nonfiction. It started off fiction. I wanted the actual res- resolution to the story. But I didn't get one. I just got, it's just delved into a fiction book. I'm like, well, that's kind of a, it was like a, a mix between two. Okay. And I, I liked it a surprising amount. But in terms of getting bored of books, Kenzie and I are still, uh, we just started, I started chapter six and she's on chapter five of the greatest salesman in the world, which is you read it over the course of 10 months. Like okay. we're crazy people. We read it right, right when we wake up in the morning, right after lunch, and then out loud before we go to sleep. Okay. It's like four pages. It just gets you in the habit of reading. It's just like kind of like positive platitudes for your life. Okay. But if you the want to last, copy. I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's the, short. The it's last, short. the last fiction book I read, mm-hmm. I was on an airplane, um, and I was reading it, and I thought, oh, this is clever. And then the main character turned into a murder rapist at the end, um, rough. And it made me really rethink the author for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> sounds rough. Sounds like a crazy book. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then I guess there's probably a f- screenplay follow-up to that book, isn't there? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The things people do when they're in their early 20s is, is, is probably a lot of nonsense. It's funny, I was just talking to someone recently, um, and they were talking, they're just like, the position that they're in, they work 24-7 toward, like, a goal, and the goal is, like, right-sizing mobility. It's the next-door neighbor hint. It's during his hidden episode. Um, and he was like, yeah, to like be in a position like this, you really need to know that this is like your life purpose or like your mission. And I was like, that's funny. The last time I heard someone say that was you in terms of grad school. It's like, unless whatever the person going to grad school wants lines up directly with what they're studying, it'll just be a horrible match because you're dedicating the next five years and kind of the rest of your life to that pretty, like a pretty thin line topic. Yeah. And it's like, I don't really think about, you know. It's it's an interesting thing, understanding like when you kind of like meander around in your life and then when you stick to one subject and say, this is what I'm going to do for hypothetically the rest of my days. Yeah. So we still haven't figured that out. Yeah, I still am not 100% sure what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah? Still working on it. Have you been studying kids recess for how long now? Um, like seven years. It's quite a while. I mean, seven years ago I was in high school <laughs> it's a pretty long time if you put it in perspective a lot of other people who i talk to they're like i've been building swords for 42 years and i'm like twice as long as i've been alive you've been crafting steel yeah i mean like and you talk to people who have these like mindsets and like if the conversation ever veers to their topic of like expertise it's unbelievably enjoyable to talk to someone who's like mastered one domain of existence to the point where they, just, they like all the ins and outs to the point where you don't even need to like add anything you just ask really good questions those yeah. people are fascinating to talk to. Yeah. Unless, you know, like some people... Sorry, can't, I can't be one of no, them No, you don't have you. to be. Some people, <laughs> some people secretly hate what they do, though. Those are, the, those are the less enjoyable people where they know, like, everything about, like... I mean, we went to Jerry's. Uh, we're building an epoxy. So this this table I made, it was uh, painted and then epoxied over. We epoxied another table. 
it's chaos. The epoxy's it's sticky. Well. It's like four days later. We didn't mix it enough. And so we go to Jerry's. Yeah, it should right, be like know. this, but it's tacky. Tacky. Okay. For oh, days on end, days. and it will tr- never dry. No, and we tried scraping it off, and it makes oh, it even worse. worse. So we go to Jerry's, <laughs> and this one girl there, she knows everything about screws and butt- nuts and bolts. And it's, like, literally insane. As we're talking to her, she's like, like, we just show her one. Kenzie showed her one. She's like, oh, yeah. She, like, goes, she, like, puts two things to the side, and she grabs a replacement for it. I'm like, it's crazy how specialized different people's brains are to the point where, like, somehow we communicate in the middle of what we both know, you know? Yeah. Interesting stuff. It's a lot of repetition. That's what he says all the time. He's like, repetition works. Repetition works. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. That's what we eventually get to. Yeah. But yeah, much like with kids learning over media. So you're saying media is bad for kids or media isn't as good as an in-person teacher would be? Um, I would say a mix of both. Wow. Like, yeah. so you're saying like uh, Sesame Street like shows aren't actually good for kids' development? Um, I think that the way we like, I'm going to like do media now is not in a way that's conducive to child development. I don't think media is inherently bad. But for kids. But I think most kids become quickly addicted to media. Oh, yeah. I'm addicted to media. And I think that's pretty bad. Don't show a kid TikTok. (laughs) Kenzie and I are addicted to TikTok. We're in our mid-20s, and we can't break an addiction to TikTok. Well, you're just like a big kid, though. Yeah, very true. (laughs) (laughs) My kid, who's 12, has a phone now. Oof. Um, I told him that if he got straight A's in school... And figure out figure out a way to pay the monthly bills. Mm-hmm. He could get a phone. Nice, Just a clever kid. Yeah, figured it out. <laughs> nice, got a job. Um, Resells baseball cards. Wait, no, he got a full he, job as a twelve-year-old. He has a job technically. See, this is where like editing would come in, right? Yeah. Like te- technically, I have a job. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, and he works at. Yeah. And then I get a check and I deposit it to bill. his bank account nice he's probably ecstatic isn't he is he glued? i mean i was glued to an apple watch when i got it to the point where kenzie would mock me the first like month i had it i would just be like mid-conversation with her and be like <laughs> just looking at like a little screen on my wrist well so i have full control of the, phone. the phone yeah nice. so like i can like from my phone like i could yeah. shut it off right does now. he just play fortnite on it no no he can't have video games on it because what's he used for then huh what's he used for just watching the joe rogan experience i don't know um, you show that to your kindergartner. <laughs> There's no school anymore, but Joe Rogan, yeah, Papa Joe Rogan's let's really... Let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do that. So they get, the kids get an hour of video games a day. Nice. Um, and so we told them, like, if you put video games on your phone, after an hour every day, you need to hand us your phone because mm-hmm. you're capped out. Yeah. Um, so he chose not to put video games on his phone. Yeah, phone games aren't as, not as immersive, I would say. Um... He waste. asked if he could get TikTok, and we're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Good call. Good call. <laughs> I mean, geez, TikTok is chaos. Yeah. But technically, when you asked earlier, like, like my full-time job right now is making TikToks okay. for a car company. Okay. Interesting stuff. So what was the poison became the cure in many ways. Because <laughs> <laughs> prior to, to getting that job, like, Kenzie and I would both probably watch TikTok in the middle of, like, a COVID. Say, it was right when COVID yeah, started. COVID. Everything shut down. I was, like, on break from school. So we were just like, what do we do? What do we do? We can't go anywhere. We can't yeah. do anything. It's like TikTok would easily be, like, two or three hours of scrolling. And we talked to, like, Easily. other, like, older, even successful people in our lives, some of them, like, uh, someone who helps a lot of, like, startups in the Oregon area and is, like, very, like, brought, you know, millions of dollars to these different companies. He's like, yeah, sometimes I open up TikTok 
and two hours go by before I close it, and I'm like, yeah, like a forty-year-old, like a forty-year-old. I've yeah. never used TikTok. Oh, I've never looked at it. Think about how much time you're saving, because yeah. I'm like, it happens to me. I, I did. I downloaded it once on my phone. Yeah. So it was. Um, it was temporarily on there. It was temporarily on there. It was back. It was in the previous administration. Mm. So when Trump said he was going to like ban all U.S. users from TikTok if, like, China didn't sell it to somebody. Yeah. Um, so I downloaded it, like, the day before the ban because yeah. I wanted to see if what it would it go. I wanted to see what would happen oh, yeah, yeah. when it wasn't sold to the person Trump wanted it sold to. Yeah. Nothing happened. So. And you deleted and it. You I didn't, like, open it. it once out of, like, morbid curiosity of, like, am I strong enough to, to avoid this addiction? Yeah, I opened it, like, the day after, like, this the so-called ban, and yeah. I was like, it seems like... It seems like it's there. Yeah. I, I, I tried getting my grandma into it because my grandma's like, has a lot of free time, as you can imagine. She watches a lot of news. So I'm like, well, maybe this would be other fun content. And there was one, like, inappropriate video of, like, just a massive person, like, just doing something moderately inappropriate. And she was, like, scarred from it. She, she was like, Tiger, I don't know about that app you showed me. That's so <laughs> I was like, funny. I have no control over what you saw on it. Like, if it, like the more things you like, it shows you more of that. So you just got to give yeah. it an hour. And she's like, I'm not going back there. <laughs> So you gotta be really careful about who you Have show. you seen the latest videos of the milk crate challenge? Yes. <laughs> I, I said that last night. I'm like, Kenzie, I'm gonna stop watching these. Everyone ends up in like literally someone's arm. Oh, it's, and I'm it's like, great. It's great. These are horrible for me. I'm watching them. I'm like, I am not gonna stand on five milk crates. Yeah, it's, it's such a weird challenge. It's such a weird challenge. Well, it looks so easy. It looks so sturdy. It does look pretty easy. And like, if you stand on one milk crate, it, easy. you know, could hold an elephant. Yeah, get onto five, and you're not so much. But nobody ever catches. I them. saw. Literally a crowd I saw them. there was a video, and a lady did it like over and down. Yeah, nice. over and down. I always see it where it's literally a crowd of people. Like, you could crowd surf on. They're all videoing it. Yeah. And then the person falls and, like, they end up with a, re- a messed up ankle or a broken arm. Laughing. And nobody catches them. <laughs> it's literally, like, almost like a Black Mirror episode of nobody doing anything to help the person. But my, like, my sense is yeah. that, and I've only watched a couple of these, but my sense is there's probably always money on the line. Oh, right? yeah. Like, no, if like, 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 there's side bets for yeah. sure. 20K right now, if you can walk over this, <laughs> I'd be like... I'll do yeah. it for that. I yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Potentially breaking an arm. I mean, I, there's, do you ever go on I'm Reddit? I'm too broken. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Falling from that would suck. But I have a lot of faith in my ability, in my ankle, in my ankle. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't. Like, I broke my ankle like 10 times, my left one. Like, I can't even. What are you doing with your anymore. ankle? Oh, my God. Um, or is it easier to break after the first time? Like, it seems like you'd stop doing the activity after nine times. Yeah, it's just fragile. Ah. Um, but your right ankle's sturdy as a rock. It's okay. It's only been broken five. (laughs) It's like broken less. Now, the last time I broke it was like two years ago. And I broke it right before. It was bad. So so it was so bad, I basically had an avulsion fracture on one side. You know what that is? Not quite. So. You say it. I kind of nod. I'm like, yeah, just go on with the story. (laughs) No idea. So like, like high degree bad sprain on the left side, right? So like on the outside yeah and then it pulled so hard so i actually have like synthetic ligaments in my left ankle i had a full reconstructive surgery wow and the the fake ligaments are like super taut right yeah so it pulled so hard that it ripped the bone off the right side um so i had a fracture on the right side and a sprain on the left side but i had a buddy flying out 
from Wisconsin like two weeks later, and we were supposed to take a hiking trip. Yeah. Um, we were actually going to backpack. Um, I think he'd understand if you had to bail for that reason. Well, no, he would. But, I mean, the tickets were booked and everything, so he came, and I went, and I got a walking boot. Mm. Um, and I put a walking boot on my broken ankle and hiked fun to hike with. over, like, 40 miles in four days. <laughs> Holy cow. I would have canceled the trip over spring we didn't. Toe. We didn't backpack. We camped. So we camped at Diamond Lake. Mm. So we, like, had a home base every time and didn't nice. have to, like, carry our stuff. Oh, so you went, like, out in different loops around it. Yeah. Nice. couple of summits. We Have you been to Mount Bailey? No, we don't get out. Much like when I said I didn't drive very often. Okay. We weren't kidding. You're we find from a home Oregon. base. I know. Again. You been to Mount Bailey? We get a home base. We're both from Eugene. And then we do okay. our best to make every activity stay here. Okay. Mount Bailey is gorgeous. I would do it again. Not on a broken ankle. But yeah. it's like, I think it's like, you have to climb like 3,400 feet. And it's like 10 plus miles round trip. Um, and I made it like a quarter of the mile from the top. Yeah. But I just couldn't like, at that point, I couldn't like scramble up the rock anymore in my walking cast. <laughs> so he, he finished it. Yeah. And yeah. I started down. Here. That's such an understandable reason. I mean, I don't know. We bailed over less. Like we, we have shows at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Like the reason, so you came at 1, everyone who's listening. We woke up at 3.30 yesterday. So when I text you, I'm like, are you coming? Like, it's because I woke up to my noon alarm clock, and I'm like, if he texts back no, I am falling back asleep. <laughs> yesterday, we had someone at 2, and he texted me at, like, 11. He was like, I'm not making it. And Kenzie and I wake up at, like, 1. We're like, I don't thank understand. God. Like, I don't understand that. <laughs> like, I wake up at 6. Yeah. I can't fall back asleep. Oh. We can't Like, I'll lay in up. bed until 8 o'clock. Yeah. Like, I what be... kind of drugs are you taking at night? None. Sometimes melatonin. Melatonin. Trying to get but that's sleep. pretty much it. Like there's like a melatonin spray where it's like 1.5 milligrams of melatonin. Yeah. And we are out. We don't, I mean maybe part of it like we don't. We're drink. just in a vicious cycle of like staying up late, being excitable. We're up till 5 a.m. I should say. So that adds yeah. to it. So if you take like the time back, it's that probably us wake, yeah. falling asleep at nine and waking up at 6 a.m. Yeah. But there's something about like it's nighttime. We can be loud because we have, like, you know, no neighbors care if we have our music on or the projector's playing. Like, we have a really fun TV. It's like we live in a movie theater, so it's so <laughs> enticing for us to just stay up at night because the projector looks good not during the day but at night, you know. Yeah. So we throw on, like, you know, just Pulp Fiction or just some fun movie and we just have a blast. Yeah, I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it? No. Well, you have, you have a family. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, what are you doing up till 5 p.m. and you're sleeping halfway through the I'm day? too old. <laughs> yeah. At any point in your life, or you, did you have sleep happening your whole life? Did you never, like, just sleep in all day? No. Wow. Yeah, like, even in college, like, my roommates would sleep until, like, 1 o'clock, and I'd be up at, like, 7, like, trying to make noise. Yeah. <laughs> we had that roommate. When I was at college, uh, literally every time I'd take a nap or, like, sleep in late, he'd just start whistling. And, like, this, like nothing wakes me out of a sleep except when someone's, like, whistling, like, not really in tune, not really on tempo, but, like, this weird high-pitched, like, almost like a mosquito in your ear, and I'd wake up and be like, please stop. Good to know. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, exactly. Good to yeah. know. But, yeah, no, like, even, like, we'd be out until 2, 3 in the morning. I'd be up at 6, 30, 7 o'clock. Wow. Kind of envious. Yeah, honestly. I know. Cause I mean, like, I would, like, take a nap later. Oh, okay. But. Well, that's kind of the same. Because for us, it's, like, literally, like, if we wake up after, like, six hours of sleep, it I don't even feel like myself. I feel like this is a zombie version of me who, like, makes bad decisions. I went went to the bakery and I got a cinnamon roll and two chocolate croissants because I woke up on seven hours of sleep. Yeah, and like, I it's just like what being a parent is like. Calories, is it? <laughs> 
we have a kid, we just put them on our sleep schedule. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. I meant like the zombie part. Oh, yeah. But, Making bad decisions all the time. Yeah. But what if it went back around? What if you raise your kid on 5 p. Uh, 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. sleep schedule, and then they're like they rebellious a, stage. They wouldn't be a functional adult. No, but their rebellious stage would be, oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m. and go to bed at 10 p.m. No. Like they'd, they'd be rebellious and have a regular sleep schedule. I think their like, one. neurobiology would be completely screwed up. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm starting to realize. Is like So on the show, I, I often bring up, like I don't have like a lot of mental imagery, but I have like very good like words and sound and stuff. And Kenzie was asking me last night. She was like, so you can't, like, imagine, like, me throwing a ball or, like, a beach or something. I'm like, well, can you imagine, like, the sound of me hitting a drum or me strumming a guitar right now? And she said no, but I say yes to that. Absolutely. And we realized she grew up drawing and stuff a lot. I grew up talking and playing instruments. And so I'm like, why would my brain have needed to develop the, the like, because there's, like, it's called the aphantasia to hyperphantasia spectrum of, like, what if you have an internal monologue or pictures, imagery. Okay. And Kenzie and I are on different sides of that spectrum. I can do both. You can do both. Yeah. A lot of people are fall Maybe somewhere in the middle. Maybe that's because I'm smarter than you. Maybe. No, a, lo- <laughs> a lot of people fall somewhere in the middle, and then there's, like, some people fall in the outer spectrums where, like, some people can have vivid, like, 3D imagery that they can, like, see, and then they yeah. sculpt it based off that. Some people have Well, no I would argue that you could train it. That's what I'm saying is yeah. what Kenzie and I realized, she was like, oh, if she had learned an instrument as a kid, maybe she could have started sound like hearing the sound of a rhythm or something. Yeah. And if I had drawn at all as a kid, maybe I could have that. So it's like you're saying it'd really mess up your kid to like have them sleep that schedule. But we're starting to realize unless you give your kid every opportunity to like kind of flush out all the different like yeah, recesses their that minds. their ra- brain could like yeah. pass, they could go down of expertise. You're also in many ways hurting them and change, dig, change, changing the way that they think for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's a stretch, though. Is it? You're hurting them by not giving them every opportunity ever available. Yeah, or at least like pushing, like like for example. Not optimizing, maybe that's. What yeah, that like Kenzie. Word. Kenzie was really pushed down the horse path, and I was really pushed down a, like a path or two. And it's like, man, if I could have picked, or if like every year, it's like, no, you're forced to do something different every year to figure out like instead of just like. I think people are... Did you ever read that book, uh, Range? Yeah. I yeah. saw it on your thing. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. Like, I think a lot of kids are pushed way too down, far down one area of expertise instead of, like, the Roger Federer route rather than the Tiger Woods route. Yeah, but, like, what age are you talking here? Because, like, a four-year-old doesn't know what path they want to go down. Yeah. So you shouldn't force them further down one path. Like, hey, let's do this. Let's do soccer every year from four to seven. Let's do soccer one year. Let's do baseball the next year. Let's do water polo the next year. So you develop, like three different kinds of well from a sports standpoint like their seasons yeah good point <laughs> i don't know kenzie and i are like we're just like brainstorming if we have kids if the world doesn't completely go downhill um how we do it and we're like every year a different activity you do instruments when you do sports <laughs> but, the but then year, public speaking but the then year. they get good at nothing and they have no competence and they have low self-esteem because did, did like, you read that book because like they never engage enough to get mm. to mastery and they just always suck at things i think there's different plateaus of mastery they could get to the first couple i mean isn't that my understanding was i didn't again that's the definition of a book i read half of and then put away <laughs> uh, but my understanding was that you learn just like like you take all the different skills like a skill stack kind of system of you you learn how to learn things yeah. and then you can apply it to at 18 or 16 or however old like you're like no, I really do want to be a tennis player. I want to write screenplays. Like, then you can use all of that learning how to learn kind of skill and apply it somewhere rather than, like, you just learned that one skill. You didn't learn how to learn a plethora of things. Yeah, but, like, you can't, you can't learn how to learn if you're never good at anything. How long does it take to get good at something? 
I'd, I'd push back on that a little it bit. It depends. I think if you okay, I'm gonna teach my kids but like, golf let's, for ten let's years. Let's take sport because yeah. like that's the, an easy one, yeah. right? Like if you take a kid and you play baseball for a year, mm-hmm. right? Like like a six year old, yeah, they're gonna suck. One because like six year olds suck at baseball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I crush them every time. <laughs> I can hit homers off a six year old every time. Like they stand no chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they stand no chance. <laughs> You're pitching to a six-year-old and just blast it past them. Like, they don't have the gross motor development. Like, yeah. it's actually... It's I've, not their fault. It's, yeah. it's not. It's not. It's it's funny. I coach baseball and, and I'm involved in, like, local leagues. And I've said to, like, our local Little League board, like, you guys know that, like, biologically and developmentally, it makes no sense for kids to play baseball until, like, eight or nine, mm-hmm. right? We start them at, like, five. But, like... Like, like catching is really hard, yeah. and like throwing is complex. Yeah. And we were like, oh, five year hitting a moving ball. Oh my, forget about it. So you put them in baseball for a year, right? And yeah. they they go and they have fun and whatever. And then you put them in soccer for a year, right? And again, like they suck less there because it's just more gross motor running around. Mm-hmm. And then you put them in ballet for a year, yeah. and then you bring them back to baseball. Yeah. They still suck at baseball, but now there's these kids who have been doing it for four years who kind of have a sense of how to throw. I would really in, in, uh, enforce upon my kid the fact that being bad at something doesn't correlate to who you are as a person. Like, if you go play baseball for three hours a day and you suck at it, but you're hanging out, talking to people, having fun, you're developing, you're getting better at something, that's more that's better for your long-term success in life than, like, all right, you're going to play golf for 15 years and you're going to be really good at something, but then you realize you hate golf. Yeah, so that's not good. good. Like that's not good either, right? And that's like that's a that's a function of parenting, right? Hyper specialization. Well, let me go back to your previous point, and then I'll go to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like kids know, right? Kids know if they're good or not. Like not until like maybe like nine, Mm -hmm. uh, but then they start to figure it out. Like oh, like so and so. He's really good at basketball. He can make the he can make the basket every time. Yeah, I can't, so I must suck. So you have to give them the opportunity to develop competence. Um, and I think that comes through like regularity and pattern practice and repetition, repetition and experience. Repetition. I would say um, something that people never enforce their kids having mastery over is talking to adults and talking to other kids. And then at that point, it's like they can never be bullied. They have all the friends in the world. Because they're all addicted to media. Uh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> but, but to your other one, right? Yeah, so, so here's like the you play golf for 15 years and then you realize you hate golf and yeah. then it's all a waste, which right? happens to a lot of people. But the, here's here's what I would argue happens, and this happens in music too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say like if you're gonna pick one thing to have your kids do, do music. Mm-hmm. Um, but your kids do sports and music. M- no, I would like to get my kids into music. Not violin though. <laughs> It's the worst um, instrument to be around someone who's learning, if you don't know. Yeah. Do not pick that I would. I, it's hard for your neck, too, because you're like that yeah. all the time. Piano. I wish I could play the piano. I learned it, and then I forgot it. It's uh-huh. like one of those things that you didn't do for two years because there's not one around. I yeah. mean, you know, like, that's the weird thing about that. I mean, we have guitars, and Kenzie and I, like, kind of know. And you can always kind of remember it because there's always one around. But a piano, you're not around one for two years, and you forget everything. Yeah. So here's the golf scenario. Yeah. This is what happens, right? The parents invest. Let's say from like five to 11, right? And the parents spend money on coaches and tournaments and clubs and member fees and all of that, right? And by like 11, the kids probably figured out like they don't even like golf anymore. They want to go do something else. Rugby. Sure. (laughs) But 
the parents have spent so much money mm-hmm. and they remind the kid, yeah. we've invested so much. We've yeah. done so much. We've done this. We've done I this. I just bought you a new driver. We've You're yeah. going to quit this year? Yeah. You can't quit. Like, we yeah. just signed you up for all those lessons last uh. year. And then it goes another year, right? And so, and then it becomes this parental pressure of like, I've given too much to this, so you can't quit, yeah. right? So then it eventually blows up when the kids are old enough to have a little bit more autonomy and attitude and spunk, right? And yeah. and it creates like probably a pretty bad like parental child relationship, Absolutely. but it creates a horrible relationship between the kid and the activity. And it can generalize to just performance domains in general, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you kind of see like burnout and fear of failure nope. and anxiety. Don't mean a match and... where you're just like, I'm just going to not try it anything. Yeah. So what do you do to combat that with your kids? You just buy them the, the worst bat they can have and like a really <laughs> shitty like a paper mache glove. And they're like, then if you quit, it doesn't matter. And they're like, no, dad, I really like this sport. Um, this year was the first year I actually bought Tristan like good baseball equipment. He's 12 and he's played since he was seven. Give your kid a corked bat. <laughs> You're going to crush him. Uh, so he got, like, the fancy stuff this year. Um, but, no, I ask him regularly, like, hey, do you want to quit? You sure you want to do this? Nice. Um, and he always says no. I'm like, seriously, it's not, like, a gotcha question. That's really – all parents should do that. Because, yeah, I, I was one of the people who was – and not horribly. I mean, my parents did a wonderful job. But I felt trapped into doing a sport a couple times. Yeah. And both times I was like, I don't want to do this at all anymore to the point where like and many of the kids on my baseball team felt that way when we were at like a championship. Yeah. One of my most vivid memories is the whole team being like, we could lose and just go home. Yeah. Like literally, like, I mean, there was a couple tryhards. I'd say there was three or four people and they hated us because yeah. they were like, no, we want to be here. We want to win. And then they were trapped with a team of literally like 10 people who are like... <laughs> If we if we if we lose the second round immediately, we can eat candy and hang on the hot tub, and then we get to go home a day early. Yeah, and then so, so we just bomb. I don't even think we want to. <laughs> Your coach is probably an asshole, though. No, they were great. Okay, they were great. It was just all of. I mean, it was like literally like a hundred degrees, and we we're in like a deserty area. Okay. More than anything, we we're just like, who the f- we we don't want to be outside in a hot day. Yeah, you can't like. It was literally like the day of sports. We cared that much about how that specific day was, rather yeah. than like how do we like this as a whole. Yeah, it's like we could be inside playing video games and hanging out with each other in a hot tub or a pool. Yeah. And we wanted that that day. So yeah. that was the plan. <laughs> I mean, that's what's fun for kids, right? That's what's fun for kids. And, you I mean, you can try to fight it against it a lot. I would say not letting your kid get on TikTok is probably one of the best things you can do. <laughs> I don't, I mean, it's astounding. I think it should almost be age-limited like alcohol. I was telling Ka- Kenzie yesterday, caffeine should be age-limited. That's what I realized. I'm like, how old do you have to be to buy a, rock, a Red Bull? Because we've been drinking Red Bulls. Okay. And she's like, you can buy them at any age. I'm like, seriously? Oh. Yeah. Are you that stuff kidding messed me? me up. Yeah. I'm still 10 years deep. I'm yeah. I'm just now out. realizing that I'm like, the middle schoolers should not be able to go buy a, a monster. No. no. That's criminal. So no. I'm like, TikTok and uh, energy drinks, like coffee, maybe a kid can buy. Because what are they going to do? Just drink an iced coffee and be like, they oh. Are, That's the thing. <laughs> I guess like they young are. Young kids are getting like iced coffee because they see it on media. They're like, oh, yeah. my person that I follow is like really into it or whatever. Yeah. And then you realize how much coffee or how much sugar a Dutch Bros large has. 120 oh. grams of sugar. Dutch Bros isn't coffee. Yeah. Well, and it's really not coffee what we drink. <laughs> oh my well, I don't go there. But what Kenzie would get, and then I went with her once and I got one. I'm like, this tastes so good. They have 120 grams of sugar. They have beverages. They have beverages. They the they beverages that they sling for a living have, what is 120? Something like five times your daily allotment of sugar. I don't know. In one drink, and a kid can buy it. So I'm like, okay, that. And, but then, it. like, where do you end I it? I mean, a kid could go to McDonald's and buy 
you know, poison. Yeah. <laughs> True that. I mean, the this whole show thing. is sponsored by McDonald's. I know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't do ads. Because then I'm like, I'd also have to censor myself instead of like talk like, I hate whiskey. But then if it's like. You hate whiskey? I hate whiskey. But then if I was like, oh why? my gosh, this company offered me is money to have whiskey. Because you're not like refined enough. It's funny. We went to, when I when I went and bought rum and I bought uh, vodka, I told the guy, I'm like, what do you go home with most? He's like, well, I'm whiskey. I'm like, oh, I hate whiskey. He's like, you have you had good whiskey, though? He said this exact <laughs> thing. This is, he was literally like, you probably just had bottles. I'm like, what was it? It was like Branson's or Blanton's or something. And he was like, that's a rarity. I haven't even tried that. So it was like a really, like, really high-end whiskey that I tried a couple times. I'm like, okay. yeah, exactly like Kenzie says, Jeff Fuel. And then I'm like, like, I mean, the alcohol content's almost the same. Why wouldn't I drink vodka, which is just easier to get down? Oh, because it's not. It's not? No. Do you drink whiskey? Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Bad experience. Fuck you. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I almost had one bad experience. It was right when we moved in. We're, we're like, oh, I'm already. And then I didn't realize because I almost never drink. And I'm just starting never. to drink on the show. It's have, it's being a lot of fun for me. Because like, you want to be like Joe Rogan. Drink with guests. Um, you got the chairs. I know. I got the chairs. I literally put a brick wall <laughs> behind me for fun. <laughs> um, but no, more than anything, I'm starting to understand, like, when you take something with a person, you get on, like, a similar wavelength. Um, and I learned this through other or substances or something. Or when alcohol brings the guard down. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I've also realized. Like, if we both take a shot, people are like, oh, we're in this together. We both kind of feel this way. We're elevated to a similar level. It's easier to connect with people. Because, again, the first 113 episodes, I was at uh, a U of O run building so no alcohol was allowed in it yeah i couldn't smoke and now i have cbd joints on the show and alcohol and i'm like i'm also just doing my rebellious page of like i don't have to drive home after this yeah screw the guest no i'm kidding <laughs> like i encourage them to early on in the show drink and then kind of limit it further the on the show is also brought to you by mothers against drunk driving <laughs> yeah <laughs> mad <laughs> mothers for drunk driving just feel what it's like to uh, control a vehicle under the influence I'm kidding. Just be a proponent of that out of the complete It's not good. It's not good. (laughs) I don't drive at all. How would I be a proponent for drunk driving? That's fair. I mean, again, I just literally said, now that I'm at home, because I can literally just, like, they leave, and I'm like, I'm going to go make some spaghetti now. Yeah. Except when, like, much, so you're going to leave. I have two or three hours, and another guest comes. And this happened a couple days ago, the first day that I had the alcohol. And I was like, I'll drink for the first guest. And I had two shots. And then three or four hours went by, and then the second guest was like, going to show up in like 15 minutes. And I'm like, this is one of the worst decisions I've made. I was literally just like, so I'm like I want to go take a nap. You've got to have another one at that point. I, well, I did, and I'm like, it kind of worked. It not the same, though. Like, much like uh, someone we know like went to a wedding, and like all these people talk about like drinking for like 10 or 12 hours. And I'm like, I have like a two-hour window of I go up for like an hour, and then I come down, and it's like lights it's out over. at that point. It's over. Yeah. I throw on some TV, eat some food. <laughs> Or else I'm like, I don't know how people can stand that, like head pounding. I had some buddies in college, so we'd go tailgating on Saturday mornings. And, yeah, we went to like Saturday 6. Saturday mornings. Yeah. I love the morning yeah. part. <laughs> like, like 6 a.m. tailgate before the football game. And it was like a noon football game. And I get a call at like 7 o'clock at night. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? We're still tailgating. Wow. <laughs> Just two of them tailgated by themselves yeah. after the game for like 12 hours. crazy to me like it's just astounding that someone can even like remain energized for that long i would say like my energy drains after a couple hours of anything you know much less just like all day easy i'm like so no like alcohol i'm I'm developing a relationship with it that's why i'm bringing it on the show not to be more like joe rogan kind of um but like also just like 
I don't know that alcohol is like a good relationship buddy, right? Really? Like, well, <laughs> I would speaking for myself. If you're, if you're looking for new relationships, I would you know, say alcohol is probably not your friend. <laughs> I think it would be because uh, a lot of times, like I'm, I'm a proponent of like the Hamilton Morris esque of things of like don't say anything about about any substance ever, because like trying a lot of them, like I really like a wide array of them, and then when I talk to people and I relate to people. It's about substances they've never tried or how, like, like things against. So I'm like, oh, if I drink alcohol, then I can talk to people about alcohol and, like, and, like altered states of mind get brought up. It's a more, like, a, a middle ground that I can communicate with people on rather than, like, what about X, Y, or Z? And people are like, wait, what? What's going on here? And then it's like, just we're based on preconceptions because of media, you know? Um, then I'm, I'm forming a relationship with alcohol to be like a middle ground, like a, 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 a matching point between me and other people. Because everyone can talk about alcohol. And so you're just using it. Just using it. Yeah. Just like anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can stop. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I ran out two two days ago. So me and you, the last guest. Started shaking a little bit. A little bit. The tremens come in. <laughs> I'm delirious. Um, but, like, I just, like, honestly, I just didn't go get it. Because I'm just like, who cares? And then I'm like, the guest who's coming later is, like, like I mean, he's a rapper. So it'll be, like... Just like a fun kind of thing. I get to bring out the knife for the first time. I'm so excited. It literally came to a home that was 20 minutes away where I used to live. And you drove. Yeah, at like 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. And I was like, I want it so bad. Do you drive at 10 and 2? Kind of granny-ish? I'm a a left hand right on the very bottom. Okay. uh, Two AirPods in with uh, Tim Dillon or some other podcast playing. And I try to, like, make my vision as fuzzy as I can. <laughs> Solid. It's <laughs> a good strategy. Well, they say if you get in a crash, you want to be, like, asleep or really drunk. So I yeah. try to... Or, or you could, like, you know, aim to not crash. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny, everyone in my life gives me shit about my driving. but uh, And I'm not knock on wood. I haven't gotten a ticket and I've never gotten in a crash or really anything. Okay. I got pulled over once for going, like, 35... Or, I mean, 45 and a 35. I've gotten a and lot the, of tickets. And, have you yeah. so i'm like who are who are these other people look at both of you <laughs> who are y'all to tell someone how to drive i'm like i don't know i think i deserved a ticket once i was peeling an orange before on the way to a show and my car you know how cars can like auto veer left or right if the like wheel alignment isn't right yeah. i would literally go completely over the, it was like late at night completely into the other lane at like 60 and then i'd like i'd finish stop peeling i'd go back to the right there was a cop tailing me the entire time literally for like five miles he pulled me over he's like what were you doing? Because <laughs> I wasn't drunk. I wasn't texting or anything. Like, you didn't see a phone light. I was nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, honestly, I have no idea. Because I was you going to say, I was, I was peeling an I orange. forgot I was peeling an orange. Literally, like, the next day, I'm like, why was I driving like that? What's wrong with me? And I was like, oh, like, I saw, like, right in the cup holder, there's, like, full of tangerine shavings. And I was like, oh, yeah. I wish I could yeah. tell him. I find his back because I remember his like his like name or his officer name. Yeah. I like look him up, add him on Facebook. Hey, remember like a year and a half ago, I was peeling an orange. <laughs> I'm sure he's forgotten. I have a buddy who, when he drives, he looks at you when he talks. I hate. Those oh people. my god! I hate those people. And the whole the whole time you're like, oh my god, oh my god. Staring at the road while they're staring yeah. at you. Them? Well, how do I know you're listening to me if we're not making eye contact? <laughs> Those people are wild. Do you just try not to talk to them? Don't even engage the conversation? Um, I haven't driven with him for a long time. He lives why. in a different state. We went to grad school together. Nice. But, like, there was a time. In where, Michigan? Like, no. Where did you go to grad school um, I did my master's at Southern Illinois. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and it was like, it was like, right? it was like park the car. 
No, it's a master's of science in kinesiology. Oh, that's funny. I thought, um, like, psychology was considered an arts degree. Maybe I'm wrong with that. Depends. I don't know what I was looking at. Same with, like, econ. Like, all these, like, degrees that are, like, very legitimate degrees, when on the actual, like, thing it says master's in arts, or, like, PhD in the arts of psychology or e- economics and stuff. And it's always funny, because I'm like, that's a real, that's kind of a real thing. Like, someone should definitely not say arts on their degree. Not that that's even a slide, but it is. It is. Subtly, it is. You think so? Like, I mean, Kenzie was, like, looking at the, uh, LCC doesn't offer, what, like, a science associate that only offers an arts? You can get, like, all your prereqs to go into, like, a bachelor's of some sort of science field, but when you get your associates, it's, like, of literature and art. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to get an associate that says literature and art when I'm done all these science yeah look at me i got a complete kinesiology degree that's really helping me yeah i'm making tiktoks for a living (laughs) about electric cars well you said i remember this so tiger was in the first class i ever taught at osu um and it was a big class like 120 people and at one point they were doing like some small group work and i went over and uh, i was just talking to his group and I asked him, I asked other people too, but I asked him, like, what do you want to do when you're done with your degree? Mm-hmm. And he was like, ah, maybe produce movies. And I was like, well, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? Yeah. He's like, backup plan. <laughs> backup plan. That's exactly what I'm doing too. And, <laughs> and I was just too deep in it. I was like two years in, three years in, and I figured out, I'm like, I, know you can't I don't want to do this at all. I have no interest in doing this. And then I was like, well, what are you going to do? You're 20 grand in debt and you have three-fourths of a degree. Are you just going to quit? And I'm like, okay, I'll get five more grand in debt, but technically have a degree. Cause then right. I can like, I'm applying for jobs. I get to go that scroll down window, not some college nice. bachelor's. <laughs> That's all it's been useful for now. Yeah. Especially with COVID, like I can't be a personal trainer. I can't be most anything. Like a lot of the things that you'd get with a kinesiology degree kind of put out of work by COVID. Yeah. So big bummer, you know, what can you do? I know I've I'd potentially if I got to a place where I didn't have to work and I was just like having fun like the show like I mean obviously Kenzie and I man up in Hawaii just doing a one-on-one show if that would really happen but otherwise I'm like it'd be fun to like find something I really cared about and go to graduate school would graduate school be something you promote to people or would you say find another way to pursue that hobby I usually try to talk people out of it smart yeah yeah it's not for everybody. Yeah. I think there's this, like, societal perception of, like, oh, just go to graduate school. Mm-hmm. There um, is. And all your problems will be solved. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not. Graduate, graduate school is full of depression and anxiety. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, the, the conversation that I have with a lot of people is, like, well, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And and oftentimes it's something that like yeah like graduate school is not going to get you there. I want to be rich and not have to wake up until three p.m. Yeah, like academia is not for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I think there's there's a lot of times just a mismatch of, hey, I want to get a PhD. Like why? There's a definite level of like respect for anyone who ha- like Kenzie and I have this friend that we're in a group chat with. He works at not Children's Boston Children's Hospital, but he like his work relates to them. He's figuring out why kids have such a rapid, or like what why kids and adults differ on their reaction to, to COVID and stuff like that. And he's like doing genome sequencing, all this stuff. And of course he's like in PhD school and it sounds so fascinating to talk to someone who it's like, if you're not in school, I doubt someone would go to that level of learning about something and have that yeah. much fascinating stuff to talk about. Like no one's not getting a degree and they're like, I'm studying this, I'm gonna write a paper in my free time. But someone who's like in graduate school forces you to do something interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of like holding yourself accountable to do something with your life. That's the way I'd see it. Yeah, but if like 
like there's just a lot of like you know if like a lot of times we say like what job are you on right and it's like if you don't want to be a researcher or if you don't want to be in academia yeah like it's just not like it's a big sacrifice you can teach um <laughs> but you don't need a phd to teach I think you do at a lot of colleges now. Not in like a middle school or high school, but not at all. Like you can teach at a oh, community yeah. college. Oh yeah, I'm going to teach at LCC. No, you might just, make more money. Just really? Yeah. That's hilarious. LCC is pretty tight. I, I was I did not mean to throw shade at LCC. I should have <laughs> said like P, PSU or like so George Fox or some random other. Oh school. yeah, fuck George Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Private I have school. Nothing against them. <laughs> Those private bastards. Um. Yeah, like you just. Like, it's a research specialty degree. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you keep in touch with a lot of students that you taught over the years? Because now you've been teaching for three or four years. Four. Here. Yeah, here. Like, do you, am, am I an oddity in the sense that I well, know you're you an oddity. Four years? <laughs> Just in, in, in the, many ways. In the general sense. I'm doing TikToks <laughs> and podcasting. Um, but, like, much like uh, my academic advisor at that time, he was like, one of my favorite things is, like, a student 10 years later sending me an email, like, hey, thanks for doing this. So, like, I keep in touch with him. I keep in touch with the person who I know at the library. I keep in touch with you. Yeah. I'm like, is it an oddity for you to keep in touch with, like, students? Or, like, it seems like I'd want all of them to succeed. And I'd be like, text me if your life ever goes really well. I want to feel <laughs> responsible for it. Um, the, the students who, like, work in my lab for a substantial amount of time, nice. I keep in touch with. I keep in touch with some of them still. That was a blast. That was a very eye-opening experience, especially because, so before we moved, we befriended some neighbors who had, like, maybe a five-year-old adopted daughter, and then, like, their own, like, eight, or not their own, but an eight-year-old, a genetic eight-year-old and, like, 11-year-old. One that they created themselves. One that they created. Um, And they had mini goats. I like how you caught yourself on that. Because I feel like I've, like... You've caught me on that before. (laughs) Um, But anyways, uh, anyways, like, interacting with them, and just seeing, like, someone, like, I'm not even going to speak for you, but, like, you at that point hadn't been, like, oh, I'm, like, really good at interacting with kids. And same with adults, like, seeing other people who are, it's, like, they have ne- they just haven't been around kids a lot. Yeah. And so seeing them interact with kids is, like, a different experience than when you're, like, really comfortable with, like, oh, kids are, like, drunk adults. Be really nice to them. Don't criticize them. Just, uh, just make up questions that will keep them entertained, you know? And it's, like, it was fun to be in that situation where it's, like. Maybe I'll try that. Yeah, like, it works. Just treat my kids, like drunk adults the, the younger time. the more blackout they are like if one year old blackout they That's throw up all the time out. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah drunk adults that you love like a one-year-old literally like throws up doesn't remember anything can't even talk and then they get to like six and they're like their motor controls are still off their reaction time's still a little <laughs> off slurred speech sometimes yeah. it's like a, a phase of getting from blackout to regular so it's just always fun interacting with them in the middle ground because like you're like a drunk adult, but you're not telling me how to live my life. Like, kids never, like, tell you. You know what you should, or, like, ask you questions. Like, so how much are you making and all this stuff? Kids are just like. My kids occasionally do. Really? Yeah. That's funny. I guess I don't have my own. I'm speaking of other people's kids. Yeah. But, like, interacting with them is always so nice because they do none of, like, the, the, the small talk. Yeah. They just want to have They're fun. They're not pretentious. They're not pretentious. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can literally make up a dumb game. They're like, let's play that right now. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, this is much easier. Yeah. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed the option to hang out and meet with, like, because, again, we never hang out with people outside of our age range. You go through school yeah. and you get a job with people your age. It's like, I mean, pretty recently during the COVID hiatus, it was fun to hang out with grandma because then I'm hanging out with a 90-year-old. And it's fun to hang out with the neighbor's kids because they're, like, really young. And it's like, you know, like, you get to see them, like, interact with goats. Yeah. And I'm like, Other huh. people's kids are great. Oh, yeah. Other people's kids are great. 
You hear that? No, you just look into the camera. My I know you're on TikTok right now. <laughs> I, my kids are great. You just, you know, can't send them home at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, good point about that. I yeah. had a buddy. His, Full-time job's different than a part-time his, job. His favorite, like, gig he ever did was a substitute PE teacher for kindergarten. Fun. I didn't even know like, kindergarten had PE. That'd yeah. be a blast. He'd, he would just be like, everybody, run that way and scream. Nice. Ah! Score. Like, I could just do it all day. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I made money Like, for they that. never got sick of running and screaming. Nice. Same. And you're doing good for people's lives. I mean, that's your whole area of research. Early on yeah. the show, I think we probably just said now, you said, um, sometimes not one of those people. Sometimes like, I do that. I just run around the neighborhood and scream. Neighbors think I'm crazy. That. You keep your inner kid alive. <laughs> Didn't OSU start up one of those things where it was like adult play, playground where they'd like grab people like uh, faculty members and stuff? And there was like, like a faculty staff fitness, like yeah. adult recess class. Adult recess nice. class. Yeah. So I'm like, stuff like that I really am starting to like. Like, we need that in our lives rather yeah. than like, some places like Texas mandated that construction because of the temperature. Construction workers need a 10-minute water break every four hours, okay. and they're trying to get rid of that. And I'm okay. like, might be a big uphill battle to try to get recess into construction. Probably. <laughs> construction workers. It'd probably lives. be an uphill battle to get construction workers to do recess, but if they did it, they would like <laughs> if it. If they told it, paid, you get a 30-minute paid in the middle to go play dodgeball with all your other construction. Think about how much like bond it would build with your coworkers. Yeah. It'd be like, oh man, I was so stressed from like hammering and now I get to like have fun and you'd be like, yeah. I think it'd be a positive, a massive benefit for society. Well, if you think about like some of the big companies that are really successful from a, you know, technology, finance, innovation standpoint, Mm -hmm. like if you really kind of like look at their daily operations, like they do build in recess. Right. Like if you've been on campus at Nike, they have. I haven't. Okay. Believe it or not. You you haven't. Like, Believe it or not. I've done more in Oregon in yeah. four years <laughs> than you not. have. I don't leave the house. Whole, I haven't I, been to the Nike store, much less Nike <laughs> campus. So like the Nike campus has like three or four gyms. They have like indoor, outdoor soccer courts, basketball courts, sand volleyball courts. It's like they're tra- a sports company. Right, but like they encourage their employees to like play throughout the day. Nice. Um, like Amazon, Google. Right, if you go to their headquarters, like you yeah. see similar Those slides, and stuff. right? Like Those are crazy videos that I've seen. Like you just play. And actually, speaking of Nike, a friend who lives in Portland, he actually came on the show. So shout out to Mike Trong, episode like fifty-one or fifty-two. He got the job as Nike's uh, director of digital photography or something like that. He just okay. makes digital media for them now, but he's their director. So thanks for coming on the show. It's funny, like, <laughs> much like I was saying, like, oh, do you, like, keep in touch with, like, students? Like, some guests I have on once, and, like, I never see them again. Yeah. And some I kind of keep in touch with. So it's really cool to be, like, like watch previous episodes. And at the time, they were, like, making short films or whatever with friends. And now it's like, oh, they got a really kick-ass job. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's just fun. But, yeah, I, I think if you, like, dug back, we, like, pulled the sheet back at a lot of really successful companies, you'd see that, like, recess. they encourage, like, some form of what we could call recess nice. during the day. I like it. Well, thank you very much. you have anything you want to plug, your uh, your your work or any way that people could could re- follow you on Twitter? Even? No. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Remain anonymous. Yeah, under the radar. Cool. It's the best way to be. Nice. Well, I hope your glimpse nodes drain. And I hope that yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. And I hope it's an odd way to say that. Sorry. <laughs> lymph. It just sounds like I'm missing lymph nodes. So there's no lymphatic system in the brain, mm. but there's a system that's like it that is like a product of glial cells. So they combine glial cells and lymph nodes, and it's the lymph node system. 
and it's that's the how they named cerebrospinal it. fluid. It's not blood that goes through it. It's like well, so like your vessels bring the blood up, mm-hmm. right? And then like like there's always stuff that escapes the vessels. Normally it's proteins and just like other waste. So that stuff has to get flushed somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, or anytime you have like any type of trauma to the area. Um, so I've had my fair share of crashes. Yeah. Um, or a virus, like anything, right? Like it's gonna create waste and, and that system is in charge of depositing the waste. So Mine. instead of Rihanna's song, Love on the Brain, you got proteins on the brain. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> not good. No. Let's get those suckers drained. Yeah, protein buildup in the brain is like the start bad of all news. bad things. And you just need to sleep. Like sleeping would more or less probably cure it. And why haven't you gotten a sleep apnea mask? I know people without even sleep apnea who like tape their mouth shut and like do the, the sleep apnea mask. Cause like, have you ever had one on your face? They're terrible. Oh really? Yeah. No, I haven't. I just know people who don't have sleep apnea who are like, is this worth it to me? Like athletes and people like that do okay. it. And so, so like, I was diagnosed with sleep apnea when I was 24 mm. and, um, it's basically just, it's genetic. My throat cavity is too long and narrow to support the musculature so it collapses and you know functionally chokes me out at night yeah um and so i went through a trial with a cpap but the way it works is like there's a chip in it right and you have to have it on for a certain amount of hours a day for insurance to cover it Mm -hmm. and so i put it on every night and i would wake up with it turned off on the floor every morning with no recollection of doing it Wow. Um, and it was like, it caused like a, just like a ton of stomach aches and like, yeah. cause it's like air pressure. Yeah. And so it was horribly uncomfortable. I didn't feel better afterwards, probably because I took it off after an hour yeah. like, with no recollection. Interesting. And then insurance wouldn't cover it because I didn't wear it enough. How about, so I pitched float tank, which you may try. And maybe I did. Not, you did? Yeah. How was it? It was okay. Yeah. Did it take yeah. a while to get into it? Like eventually were you like, oh, this is pretty nicer. Um, so I did it twice. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. For an hour each time. I can't believe that hasn't come up. Yet. I know. Seriously. <laughs> I assumed you hadn't. So I was like, I yeah, did. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so the first time it was, it's an hour and a half. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of like, it was kind of awkward at first. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> like you need to figure out where your arms float Yeah, and behind my head. Yeah. And like you let your head really go in it goes in your ears or whatever yeah like, so the one eyes? no i didn't get it in my eyes lucky oh, it oh, so happened to us. so the one thing that was fascinating was like there was so much tension in my shoulders and neck that mm-hmm. like it hurt to lay there oh so i was like like this like semi supporting my head mm-hmm. um because like so much but i have neck issues on top of the brain issues um, where I have like five bulging discs in my neck and cervical stenosis. So I've really like limited mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it just locks up yeah. and I like, I can't move it. It's super painful. And what I found, so I'll give you this on the float tanks is that after like literally five minutes, I can stretch back and everything will like pop into place. And nice. like, it's almost like that's all I need. Nice. Um, and then you sit there kind of feeling better for the rest of it? Yeah. And then it's just kind of like, I wonder when the music's going to come out and this shit's going to end. Oh, <laughs> <that's> funny. <laughs> you have a float um, tank and you go into it for five minutes a day. Anytime you get kind of tough, you go in there, lay down, crack, and then you come out. Like, it would be nice if I just had one at my house. And that's what I'm like, saying. Like, 10 minutes a day. That's what we get out. Like, it takes different amounts of time for, like, different, like, parts of my body to, like, oh, that feels really good now. Yeah. But it's just so – it also kind of forces you. Like, you can't see anything. You can't hear anything. You're like, 
okay, well, let me tune back into my body. Let me feel yeah. what you want, oh, you know? Medium. Yeah. But I'm pretty tuned in normally to my body. But I'm, like, I'm a big guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can't take baths. Yeah, good like, point. Like, it doesn't work. That was your first full-body <laughs> bath ever, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> first pretty, time you got to, like, Like, probably up. since I was a baby. And you're like, wow, that's pretty nice. And it was <laughs> like, yeah, if I didn't have to drive 45 minutes and pay 60 bucks, yeah. like, I might do this more often. I know. Seriously. No, if that was at my house, I think I'd use it all the time. So then we were in Missouri for a baseball tournament with the kids, mm-hmm. and I scheduled a day in the middle of the week to go. I did another hour, basically nice. just to, like, crack everything back into yeah. place. And worked again? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That makes me happy. That alone. So, I and, tried it on yeah. your recommendation. Score. I'll yeah. take it. I've, I've had quite, quite a few people start float tank with me. And I aren't even going in anymore because, again, at one point I'm like, I want to buy because you can get cheap ones for like two grand, three grand. Okay. I was really going to get one. And then I moved. And then I went to a float tank experience. I'm not even going to say the name of it. And it was a couple degrees too cool. So okay. I started getting chilly. Yeah. And I like, asked the person, like, what temperature is that? They're like, it's at 96. And you Google it, it should be at 94. And then you go look at the machines at 86. And I'm like, they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. And when I did the hour and a half, it got a little cold towards the end. Yeah. So sometimes the people don't know what they're doing who work there. So okay. yeah, I, I always look at the machine and just kind of turn it to 94 exactly. Okay. The first time I was in a pod. Yeah. And then the second time it was like a, seemed older. A bigger. Like a casket. Interesting. <laughs> I've been in the pod and like a, it's like a big square room. It's like you can stand up completely in it. Like the whole room is it? Um, it's definitely half the size of this room. Yeah. And you I get, didn't like, like you it. can stand in it? You can yeah. stand in it. Huh. I did not like it specifically because the door would like really hard to get oh, open and shut. It's so and it's pitch open. dark. I'm like, yeah, you no. know, you should no, be like yeah. clap and like a little LED turns on where the, yeah. wherever the door is. That's yeah. what they need. Because that one you get yeah. completely switched, or you'd rotate. Yeah. Whereas the pod, you know, okay, at my feet yeah, there's a door. Yeah, you know. But well, the pod, the pod had like lights you could turn on. Oh, that nice. I was in. And uh, like there was one point I had them off. I was like floating away, and it, I mean it's not big, right? Yeah. But, like you get disoriented. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is the lights? Yeah. <laughs> that was scary. Was, yeah. So that's why we or Kenzie asked like. Did and you then you try to us? like sit up and you fall over. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like you're so slippery. Kenzie and I did that, but you, we like rubbed our eye or like we splashed a little bit, and oh, the no. concentrated sockets oh. in your eye, and then you're like this in there, <laughs> just like literally just like feeling surfaces. And you're like that sounds like that feels like the pipe that the water comes in, which means yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not for everyone. Um, it was okay, though. Like, it's not something I would, like, do every week. Spend right? all your money on because it's surprisingly expensive, which yeah. is a bummer. If it was really reasonably priced, if there was, like, kind of like a gym you could go to, you'd go pay, like, 10 bucks and you get to be in there for, like, an hour or as yeah. much of an hour as you wanted, I'd be like, oh, I'd go to that all the time. Yeah. Once the price comes down. Yeah, part of me was like, we need to redo our bathroom at home. Yeah. And just put in, like, a tub you absolutely for should. someone who's six foot three. Yeah. <laughs> There's something just nice about being in warm water. Yeah, yeah. you don't even need the just being in nice. I mean, warm you could water. go to the store and buy Epsom salt. No, like a thousand pounds of it. A thousand but like, pounds. But yeah, Kenzie and I do that sometimes. Then we started to realize I'm like, is this horrible for drains to just put like five pounds of salt down a drain every time you take a bath? Probably so, at probably. some point. But we're renters, a eh? no. We're thinking of like if the landlord ever comes over, like we're making Shout spaghetti. Shout out to the landlord. Shout out to the landlord. With the fire, uh, the fire. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Jeez. It's chaos as much as I can. Um, just have, like, be making spaghetti when she comes over to look at the place. And be like, Kenzie, I can pour water or oil down the drain, right? She's like, the, oil, the, the sink can have oil as a treat. Just a little. <laughs> just pretend to dump it down. Just to mess like with the landlord. Treat. They're just sitting there. Who do I rent to? <laughs> what yeah. am I doing here? They didn't do a good screening job, huh? 
No. Oh, again, the the next door neighbor uh, kind of partially knows the people who own it partially. Okay. However, it works out. He, we we got in here because of the neighbor. So for the first time, Kenzie and I have community. Our best friends in the world live next door to us. Cool. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, thank you very much for coming on the show. We're probably yeah. over now at this point. Sure. It was fun. I appreciate it. Yeah. Shout Anytime. out. Shout out to nothing. Most people shout, shout out their Instagram, yeah. their their, t- their shout Twitter. Out to, shout out to nothing. Do your have let's, your kids do more recess. Let's get kids back in schools. Let's get kids back in let's schools. Let's have them be physically active. Good. The world will be a better place. Good mottos. A good better place in twenty years yeah. when we're reaping the the <laughs> repercussions of this. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Kenzie's gonna hit the gong. We're signing out. We're signing out. Goodbye. <laughs>